Hi guys, welcome back to My Steps to Sobriety, my show on YouTube and as a podcast with me, your host, Stefan Neff. Another fantastic day for an interview. And it is actually a beautiful day because I get to meet again one of my guests who has been with me for what better part of 18 months? 18 months ago, I had the honor of interviewing Gloria Masters. And if you guys can't remember, go back and listen to the original interview because we too have been exploring a very dark topic and in the most honest way we were breaking taboos talking about it and ripping down the the curtains from from mr mrs right out there with the beautiful gardens and new zealand being such a beautiful place of honest people who look after each other nothing ever goes wrong bullshit we were diving very, very deep in Gloria Master's life uh, and her previous book in which she described all uh, her horrible life, her horrible youth in 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 a innocent uh, honesty that really made me still shiver now when I think back of, of some of the, the paragraphs in there. But Gloria Master's is a power to reckon with. And she is back because she has written another book, Flight Path to Healing. And that is a book that is so much needed out there because it's all quite nice to encourage people. You need to speak out or not you need to, but you will be. There is there's hope when you speak out. Yeah, great. And now what? So it's the me too, now what kind of a thing. And what are the steps? What can one do when one was affected? And it, I'm so pleased that I've got Gloria Masters back with me. Gloria, welcome to the show. So excited to be here, Stefan. Um, yeah. And I feel so privileged because what you didn't know back then, my friend, was that you were my very first podcast. <laughs> oh, I had no idea. <laughs> there <So>. you go. <laughs> okay, we started with a bang. <laughs> we oh, did. Wow. Oh, yes. Gloria. Uh, You are a woman on a mission. You're a woman who is going out there in order to encourage other survivors of childhood sexual abuse to speak out and to encourage them to come out of the shadows, not to necessarily tell their story out in public, but to start healing, to start addressing those things that left an indelible mark on their soul and often enough has caused behaviors that people are not proud of because they're escaping their reality with all kind of behaviors such as as, as drinking alcohol using drugs um having sexual relationships that are not the healthiest etc all those kind of things are flow on effects but very few people are actually addressing the core the root cause for yeah. it and you're a woman who does that yeah you have where is this this power coming from? I mean, you impressed me 18 months ago, and I know you've gotten only stronger. How is this journey coming about for you? Well, it's interesting. And thank you so much. And to the beautiful survivors watching, hello, (laughs) I've got your back. (laughs) Um, So look, it's it's such a, a delight to be here. And the power comes from within, because from a young age, Stefan, I realized there was no one outside of me who would look out for me or protect or care for me. 
And so, as you know, with my story, it ended up being me having to rely on myself, which is hugely traumatic and impactive. And the the memoir on Angel's Wings, as you know, which was why you first interviewed me, told that story. But I'm so excited about this flight path to healing because it's a guide for child sexual abuse um, survivors, adult survivors mm. of this. And it's a guide. So they can pick up the book at any place and mm. kind of tap into what resonates with them and take it forward. Yeah. What made you write this book? Well, it's interesting, you know, uh, two things. One, I've been com- com- uh, not competitive, repeatedly and constantly asked, how did you get through? Mm. How come you're so normal? <laughs> so <laughs> I wouldn't go this far. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks, Stepa. <laughs> only, a, only a friend would say that. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, thank you. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I think it made me realise what I'd done to perhaps face into and then begin to overcome. And and then that was the first reason because I get asked, how on earth did you manage to get through all of that? Um, and then I think the second reason is I just see the impact of this, and you mentioned it in your intro, Stefan, in terms of our, you know, over 90% of our addiction sufferers uh, the, or people who have addiction, whether it's sex, drugs, alcohol, food, uh, whatever it happens to be, they can directly link back now to childhood trauma, specifically child sexual abuse. That's one statistic. Mm. Another is over 70% of our PTSD sufferers are not Vietnam or war vets, Stefan. They are people like me who have suffered from child sexual abuse in our prisons we have most of the population is there because they have suffered from this and what you see with the fantastic work you're doing is you're dealing with the aftermath of that on your show because you're showing what the addiction does to a person I guess I'm a little bit of a steeple to pre that in terms of I know why the addiction and the self-abuse occurs. Uh, we have such high suicide rates in this country. Don't be surprised to learn that well over 50% of suicides can be directly linked to some form of child sexual abuse. So this is not just oh my gosh, what a, what a small issue, and please stop talking, Gloria. No one wants to hear about it. I'm never going to stop, Stefan. Mm. Why? Because it could be your child or grandchild I save mm. through exposure and through voicing. So this guide is not to pressure anyone into you should speak out. Mm. It's actually to gently lead them from where they are to where they wish to be. Mm. And, uh, you know, there's up to a million ways we can express and tell our story. And for the survivors watching, Mm -hmm. one of them could be talking, another could be art, 
another could be martial arts, another could be um, deep sea diving. The thing is we can express in motion. It doesn't have to be verbal as long as we're releasing it out of our heads. So. And that is already one example where you are taking action and with action you are releasing some of the demons you're actually releasing some of the pressure some of the um the the, the tension that yes. is in you yes. because we we shouldn't forget that we must not forget that alcohol or sex or bulimia uh, all these kind of behaviors that that are displayed by some people they release attention and they release a pressure and it is the most beautiful thing when that when that anxiety goes and it is it is very understandable the kind of ah effect that finally things are better and you don't think about the consequences of your actions you only think about the release of pain, the, the masking, the temporary masking of your pain. And that is where our, our negative behaviors are so powerful. They're very, they, they make sense in the moment. Just in 100%, the long run. A hundred percent. And Stefan, the, the beauty in what you're saying is this. I applaud anyone who has done anything to try and understand or get to grips with this trauma or the their childhood trauma. It may not have been child sexual abuse. But the point is, if you've gravitated to some sort of addictive behavior, the reality is you haven't been able to live with what's inside you. Exactly. And I think that is that is the the beautiful thing about addiction. It can be a marker, and that's how I look at it at a, in yes. my own life. Yeah. If I'm f suddenly thinking of alcohol, I know exactly that there is something new wrong with me, that I did not pay attention to myself, that my needs were not fulfilled, and that my body jumps back into the old, the old groove of immediate satisfaction but through a chemical means. And it is beautiful. So maybe we should see addictive behavior uh, and embrace it as a marker that there is work to be done and as something to to maybe encourage people to say okay just as much as your heart rate increases when the adrenaline comes and the anxiety comes um so does the addictive behavior increases when trauma needs to be addressed so it is it maybe we can reframe the way we are thinking about trauma because we all have it and that's the weird thing we all have that trauma yet when you're in your own head you think you're all alone and that was what what was struck me so in your book there you you for you it was you just you there was no one else there is that i mean you speak nowadays to so many other survivors do yeah. they feel the same that they are the only ones no one could ever understand how they feel because it it can only ever happen to them i th 100% because you got to realize um that this all happened when we were children. So yeah. it began in secrecy. Mm. Silence was ensured through either threatening the child that, uh, in my case, threatening that my mother or siblings would be killed if I spoke. Mm. 
or it may be for some of your beautiful survivors out there, Stefan, they were told, oh, I only do this because I love you. Mm. So whatever it is, silence is ensured. But you know what takes the gold? It's the shame. The shame keeps us quiet for the rest of our lives. And I'll share something with you, my friend. It took me till the beginning of this year before I could post on LinkedIn because of the shame. Interesting. Well, because uh, people don't want to know. That's the other thing about child sexual abuse su mm. survivors and that that whole topic. No one wants to talk about this because it's so uncomfortable. But mm. what they don't realize is it gives a free pass to the pedophiles and the abusers to continue. And it means people who are struggling to cope with the impact of this have nowhere to go because it's so shameful. And we've got to change the narrative. And that's why people like me are out there going, child sexual abuse, we need to talk about it. And other people are saying, please shut up and go away. Exactly. <laughs> but I'm not going to. <laughs> and I think that is important, especially now uh, we are in the in the second year of COVID. We have basically isolated the victims with their abusers yes. um, and basically made the situation worse for many, many families where emotional and physical abuse and sexual abuse are daily occurrences. Yes. Yeah. And it's so tricky. And we know the, the abuse statistics have gone up, and we see certainly um, different, different, um, different, or increased patterns of violence, domestic violence coming through the emergency departments. What can we do about it? I mean, you have written your book. Who is your target audience? For you, whom have you the, written this book? Okay, good, good. Thank you. Good question. The this is for the up to one in three survivors New Zealand police report that are impacted. One in three, Stefan, mm. adults in this country, think mm. about that, male and female have mm. experienced some form of child sexual abuse. Now I'm going to take a leap here and mm. say this is global mm. because it's huge everywhere, mm. because it's not spoken about or dealt with. So the up to one in three are survivors like me who have may have had years of, of extreme abuse. It might be someone who's had one experience. It doesn't matter. We're not comparing. Mm. It's simply that one experience can be enough to mm. change the trajectory of your whole life. Mm. And uh, we need to... We need to stand by our survivors. We need to see them. We need mm. to believe them. Mm. And... Uh, you know, the New Zealand police have thanked me and said, you know, thank you for the work you're doing mm, because right. we need people to feel they've got somewhere to go and mm. voices need to be heard or even if they can't yet speak, Stefan, mm. it's around having, a, I do a survivor interview a week on the channel, it's having one person's story might just ignite a recognition in someone listening and give them mm. that little bit of hope, mm. as you said, so they don't feel so alone. Mm. Mm. And it's so hard, isn't it? Because we have got um, 
women's refuge um, which is great for women who are the victims but if indeed women are the perpetrators women are the for reasons whatsoever are dishing out the violence or are condoning wittingly the sexual abuse by other members of their family what is there to do for the child well, that's it, and that's where the child gets trapped. But you raised a really good point. Thank you. There's a little myth out there that women don't sexually abuse. Mm. Wrong. Women sexually abuse. I speak to many men who have experienced child sexual abuse from their mother, auntie, teacher, whoever it happened to be. Mm. And in our culture, and this is true across the world, there's a there's a patriarchal society Stefan, which means that men are seen as the protectors, the strong ones. Boys don't, big boys don't cry. You're weak if you let it happen. Good on you, mate, or you're gay. And so, for our beautiful male survivors out there, it's it's really hard for them to find their voice because the conditioning in society is. What's wrong with you that you let it happen? But if I showed you the image of the three, four, five, six, seven-year-old boy with the missing teeth, what power did that child have? And I think uh, men and women need to stand alongside each other in this. So we've got men's prisons. We've got Dilworth survivors um, for your audience globally. It's the biggest... um, private school which is which is public school in your countries um in New Zealand the wealthiest one they had a pedophile ring of teachers there and I'm not talking three we're talking 12 and more existing teachers on the staff who were pedophiles those boys I believe there's over 130 uh have now been able to come forward but they need help Yeah. Is the police uh, introducing paths where children can readily get their voices heard? How are schools encouraged to deal with that? And I'm, I'm now a bit critical here, especially of the New Zealand system, because certainly my children have in some schools been uh, the victims of bullies. And I uh, I was less than impressed with how the bullies were dealt with. Um, so if I, if I extrapolate from that, I mean, hell, if they can't deal with bullying, which is far more common, um, virtually everywhere, um, what are they doing about sexual abuse? What is your experience with that when you nowadays talk to people? Well, I think two things in another good question. Um, Two things which may surprise you, but I'm quite proud of our police for doing. They have what they call a keeping safe program, which they run. This is in New Zealand for the listeners and Mm. and viewers. Um, They have a keeping safe program, which goes from... Um, the time a child enters school um, up through, um, I, th- I believe it goes to intermediate, which is our year 12s. Mm. And they include in their Keeping Safe program what safe touching is, 
So there is a module on it, and we Beautiful. get the great, the great, gorgeous young constables, male and right. female constables. Right. They're not wearing their police gear, but they're having conversations in there, oh, wow. playing games around educating. So children are getting that. Um, and then, of course, teachers are then aware of which child may or may not be reacting. But that so that's part one, which I, I'm really thrilled we do that here. But part two is this: if I put a child and a parent in front of you mm. and said, "Tell tell Stefan what's happening," unfortunately, adults tend to believe adults. Mm. Very hard for a child to find uh, the courage to speak. Mm. Mm. Did that answer your question? Oh yes, yes. I yeah. mean, I was not aware of the um, of this um, police keeping initiative, safe. keeping yeah. safe, and yeah. that is so beautiful to hear that. Um, I know, that, please. I'm I'm a fan of the New Zealand police. Okay, let's let's be quite honest here. These uh, these people are doing the most amazing uh, job in so many regards. So actually, a big shout out for these for the boys and girls out there um, who are trying to keep us safe in a rapidly deteriorating world. Uh, in certain parts of our our country, um, so thank you to everyone out there. And it is so hard because so many things do go wrong. We have got a rise of gangs, uh, especially South Auckland, but in other parts of the country as well. So resources get drawn towards that. Resources get drawn towards the homeless, which are now clustered into smaller towns like like where I live in Rotorua. Um, we have got nine percent of the homeless of of New Zealand are putting are being put with COVID into our hotels. Well, guess what? The police is busy. So there are resources drawn to that. There are resources drawn here, there, everywhere. Where the hell do they find the resources, the money, the manpower to actually deal with that? And to actually hear such a positive development is a beautiful thing for me. That gives me a little bit of hope there. And yeah. and and uh, it's beautiful to hear. Um, how much is there training for teachers? Um and how much is there acceptance within the teacher community to actually address this topic? Look, I'd, I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure, Stefan. I I tend to my focus is is working alongside the adult survivors of this. I'm not so much in the preventative space, mm. um, but I I believe that teachers, um, you know, are know what to look for or or do look mm. and do mm. try and um and keep their children and their classes safe mm. um but again it's it's almost impossible for a, a small child or a, even a teenager to find their voice because when we think about it behavior in children reflects what what's going on so mm. as adults you and I will talk it out children will play it out and so the, look for the naughtiest child in the class mm. conversely look for the quietest most mm. uh insecure child in the class and there could be mm. some things happening children we don't ask we notice behavior that's that's how they communicate Gloria you've written this book with the view of encouraging survivors to start their healing process 
And I think that is such a beautiful thing. And I'm I'm very much, I mean, it, talking to me, you're preaching to the converted. Because it was only after I started addressing my own demons when I that I that I allowed myself to heal and allowed myself to become the man that I am today. Uh a man who is a polar opposite, really, in many respects, to the wreck I was in the past, the emotional wreck. Having said that, it all comes with a price. Should really everyone who has suffered as a child, I mean, do you really need to address that? Do you really need to go out there and, and scratch open those wounds that were so many years ago, in many cases? Look, it's it's um, an opinion. You aren't really opening anything because it's all living within you. Mm. Your life reflects what you're carrying. Your life shows the world what your struggles are. Your life can only be that which you can face into. And so I believe that what is for you will find you. When your time is right, you will find the courage to journal it out or speak to a trusted friend or share with someone. And the beauty of that, Stefan, is that we then free it from ourselves and we start to hand the shame back, mm -hmm. which, as you know, is my podcast channel. That's right. We cannot run from that which is seeking us. I spent years, you would have given me the gold medal for distraction <laughs> techniques or <laughs> keeping yep. as busy as I can. You ain't got nothing on what I used to be, Stephen. You're, I understand. You're a toddler. I kept, I was either moving a thousand miles an hour or I was carked out almost coma like because I was out of exhaustion. I ran as hard and fast from it as yeah. I could, partly because, and your survivors will get this, a beautiful survivor community out there will get this. What we are running from, we don't actually know always what it is, but we know it's blimmin' scary, mm. it's frightening and it's coming for us and I didn't mm. want any part of that. Mm. So I, in answer to your question, I believe we can't be who we meant to be and for the beautiful souls that survivors are, mm. we, we owe it to ourselves to start noticing the shoulder tapping. Mm. And if we ignore the shoulder tapping of we might need to face an issue, we then might get a bit of a mm. nudge. And if we ignore the nudge, we might then get a shove. And if we ignore that, and remember, I did all of this, we're yeah. then going to get hit over the head with a tsunami coming Absolutely. so fast at you that you are flatlined mm. and it would take 
I'll use an anaesthetist term here. <laughs> it would it would take a skilled anaesthetist like <laughs> Stefan to bring you back. So, <laughs> oh dear. But so you're so you, right. You're so yeah. right. Absolutely. I mean, Gloria, you you nail it there. And the, sorry, my my question was of course loaded, and it was of course devil's Ooh. advocate here, um, <laughs> because we know that even if you don't admit to yourself that uh, things have been wrong, <laughs> your body doesn't care. Because the issues lie in the tissues. How many people come with somatic problems, the back pain, the headaches, the, the abdominal pains, etc. Um, those kind of things where really where your quality of life goes down the drain. Yeah. You are a wreck, a physical wreck. And surprise, surprise, when you start a healing process and when you actually look at the root cause and deal with those things, suddenly your physical body changes. Your physical body heals in a way that you can't imagine. And that is the scary thing. So those people out there who say, nah, that is so long ago. Nah, nah, I'm, I'm strong. Look how strong I am. Yes, I need a cane to walk around because I'm so much pain, but that's that's just just me. You bullshit. Bullshit. Okay. So there is there is actually so much to be explored. And we deserve a life where we get back in the driver's seat, where we can take action, where we make informed choices, where we live a life, where we can live it intentionally. And once we come to that point, now that is where magic happens. But well, and I also, I want to call you up on something. So you're going to love Dash Hate Me, but that's cool. I, You know, you mentioned homeless people before, and yeah. it's it's by the, by the grace of God go you or I. Mm. And the reason for that is these are just unresolved either addicts or people who haven't been able to face into their trauma. And I think, just let me finish with this, the question not just for our beautiful children, but the yeah. question for all the adults we see that are struggling is what's happened to you? What's happened mm. in your life? I love it when you when you hold a, uh, a mirror in front of my face. Um, and <laughs> you're quite right. You're quite right. It is by the grace of God um, yep. that I'm sitting here and not lying somewhere under a bridge. Yep. Some friend of mine, uh, friends of mine have been in that situation. And with hindsight, there were times in my life where it could have gone in a different way. Yep. And I think that is absolutely fine. So thank you very much for pulling my socks up there. Yeah. But the the when I was making that comment, I made it uh, because it is the the some of the behaviors that are expressed by such frustrated people and by by people with mental health problems, where there's constant call outs, where the police gets called 12 times a day to the same unit in the same hotel with the same domestic issues there. Um, it's those kind of things. I was earlier referring to the train on police, giving example how how spread, how widespread the, the needs are in the population where yeah. police is concerned. That is what I was trying to address. But you're right uh, to actually ask ourselves why people do express a certain behavior. Why are people in a certain situation? What has led to that? You are quite right. If we were to dig back, then you come to intergenerational trauma. You come to to 
sexual abuse. You come to to uh, childhoods that are incredibly painful, frustrating, um, helpless, hopeless. But there's no, you see, there's no permission, Stefan, and social media really has done us no favors because everyone wants to post the perfect dinner, perfect, <laughs> the perfect relationship, yeah. the perfect experience. And yeah. there's, there's less room then for, actually, I'm struggling. I didn't really want to be here for the rest mm. of today. Yep. Or I'm not coping. I can't afford to eat properly. Or mm. I'd rather go to bed than turn the heater on because the power bill's too much for me. So it 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 doesn't allow people to be real and vulnerable. And what we know about that is, you, you know, we talked earlier about shame taking the gold. Hmm. Shame goes hand in hand with vulnerability. And that's why I'm so, so honoured to share my story because I'm happy to be vulnerable because what I notice is people then come forward hmm. with their stuff and they don't they feel accepted as opposed to they're going to be judged so i think there's there's room there's so much room for these fabulous people out there to be heard and feel supported mm. um because the shame never belonged to us and and so this guide really it's just a, a humble offering uh i don't profess to be anything um professional or expert at anything all I'm doing is simply sharing from one survivor to another what worked for me mm. through my recovery and mm. what steps I took and uh, mm. show us the book let's have a little okay. sneak preview <laughs> okay <laughs> if you must if I must so flight path to there. healing isn't that gorgeous yeah can i show you one of my mantras in here yes please now these mantras they're at the end of each section and uh, and they are designed to um embed the exercises i give you on that specific topic yeah but also the uh the bonuses we you then have the ability to remove the mantra from the um from the book and put it on your fridge or bedside table it's beautiful isn't that gorgeous? <laughs> can you Very... read that or is that upside down writing uh, uh it is hard to read for me but through the screen here you you, you read it to us okay i choose how to move i feel connected to my body my body loves movement beautiful Beautiful. And that that's a that's a, my chapter on uh one moment caller. <laughs> that's my chapter on physical hobbies because yeah. we all need hobbies and we all need to move. And so the, the reader can if they like that, they can perfor it's perforated, take it out, put it somewhere where you see it, and uh, that mantra belongs wow. to you.com. So oh. very excited. And the flight path theme goes right through it, Stefan. So yeah. It's start the flight path to heal. The flight path to healing is no, it's not incidental. We're on a path where we mm. let's move it. So mm. we start with the boarding pass, which all survivors have because this is our life. So we don't mm. need to be given one. We have a boarding pass, and, <laughs> and then we move through. 
um, then we move to the next part, which is right. our, um, you know, our travel itinerary. So what we choose from some of the sections in the book. And anyway, I won't give it all away, but uh, it's it's quite lovely. And um, my hope is that our survivors mm. even get one thing from it. And mm. And I think the important thing to realize here for your book is that it was written by someone who has been in the darkness, who yes. has actually taken those steps and has experienced the power or sometimes the failure or the challenges that came along with each step. Yes. Because there's nothing that you do that doesn't come with a price. Yes. Often enough, the price is, is immediate pain because shame and guilt are coming up and say, you're kidding me. You're speaking up. How dare you? You you don't deserve that. Look at you. And you just get all these negative voices. But the moment you speak out, you yes. actually do it. You say that magic word. I was abused or what, however you phrase it. That is as if, as if someone breaks the shackles off your foot. And it is just a, a most amazing thing. First time I said, hi, I'm Stefan. I'm an alcoholic. I don't think I remember much of the next hour. Because no. it was so overwhelming for me that I finally admitted that I was not right, that I was that I was powerless over then my addiction. Um, and it was the start to a healing journey that I could have never fathomed. Yet it was the first time spelling it out and jumping over my shame and guilt and pushing that by side. And that was the most beautiful thing. And that's, I guess, where you're saying it's, it doesn't matter how you come to that point uh, of realization. It could be journaling, because now suddenly your fingers have put down in words. It's in front of you. You can't scribble it out. Well, you can try, but it has happened. You've yeah. you've written it. It came out. Yeah. So therefore, that's so powerful. So however, oh, get goosebumps. Sorry. <laughs> um, so what, however you achieve that first step. Um, it's it's the most magical and powerful step. It's scary. Yes, we know that. Uh, we have done it, and it was the biggest step ever. But so then... the, it is, and you're so right, and I think two things are true of this, so just to give your audience hope here. <laughs> two things are true. It's never linear, and it's, and it's hard. It's hard work. But can I say having gone through 30 years of healing I I've never been happier I'm more a child now than I ever was because I don't <laughs> believe I had a childhood <laughs> so I'm more the kid now than than I wasn't allowed to be mm. and life's great mm. um and and I think you know at the end of it you will never regret looking in that mirror and welcoming who you are mm. Or finding out who you are. Uh, maybe yeah. initially there, there is there's nothing looking back at you. No. And maybe there that's is right. Yeah. And that is okay. That is okay. It mm. it might be an empty slate, an empty canvas. And that's beautiful. You can now choose the colors. You can choose the direction of your paint stroke. You are painting this new picture. Brilliant. Or it might be, there might be a picture there. And you might actually say, now that I look at this picture, this picture is not really right, isn't it? No. Because it is, this was the picture laid down by children's eyes uh, and core beliefs that were laid down when you were bloody five and six years old. And maybe, just maybe, 
what you remember there and the way you then looked at yourself down the line it's not really right it's actually the core beliefs that don't really they certainly don't necessarily serve you anymore they probably never did properly serve you and they were from the word go they were wrong and they were lies that somehow your brain laid down isn't it yeah but we accept how we were conditioned true and so self-talk can come from a parent but it can also come from how we see ourselves and you know I think one of the things that that happens for survivors which may surprise you it's hard for us to look in the mirror and with love it's hard to see ourselves as being of any value or worth anything and so you'll find a lot of men in our prisons mm. it's it's impossible for them because as children when the abuse was occurring we didn't have the luxury of hating the abuser because mm. we needed them to either feed us, look after us, or keep us safe. Mm. And when you're a child, you were either um, the abuser was either well known to you or given the power over you by mm. someone who was well known to you. So either way, it was very hard for you to feel good about who you were when that mm. happened. Yeah. Because instinctively, Stefan, children know what's right and what's wrong, and mm. it never felt right. But because we could never speak of it, the only option to us was to turn ourselves bad, which mm. is a defense mechanism, and make mm. ourselves wrong. And so... For us to look in the mirror and feel love and compassion is pretty, pretty difficult. Yeah. And I think, I think what you have described fits pretty much into every life, regardless of of bad childhood, um, bad childhoods abuse. Yeah. or abuse. Um, yeah. I think I'm I'm yet to find a person who truly is kind to themselves most people i know wouldn't talk to their worst enemy the way they talk to themselves and this is many of my friends and often enough there are days when i still do the same nowadays i, I catch myself and think nah no stop stop that bullshit stop talking to yourself like that i talk yeah. i talk to myself uh to the bad myself a bit like it like a parent and trying to argue no actually come on He's not that bad. Yes, he is. No, no, oh. he isn't. <laughs> so there's so, a few of you in there, Stefan. Oh hell yes, hell yes. And uh, some, but, uh, and yeah. that is we. That's us. That is us, guys. Mm. And we have all have got these voices, but we also have got the privilege of choice. You have yeah. got the privilege to choose every moment if you want to listen to these voices, or if you will start questioning them. If you stay, if you want to actually maybe take steps that allow you to become more Zen. Zen is maybe a shit word. Um, more, more closer to your truer self. Calm, not too happy, not too sad, just right. And when you actually do things, for example, you, you talked about the movement, um, things like the yoga, or maybe maybe just a good workout, and then afterwards enjoy standing under the shower. 
this this calmness that comes over you the satisfaction that little smile that creeps on your face because you have just done something for yourself now that's a beautiful thing that you've just done you made the choice to do something you followed through you succeeded in actually doing whatever it was and it's beautiful you took action there and then we go back to your to your thing the flight path well a flight is all about taking action yes. about first of all choosing where do you want to go and then going down this route and it's actually very very fitting the picture that you have chosen because if we look at an aeroplane flying from here new zealand to la um 99 of the time it will be off course it will be just as constantly our path is never straight no, now a good pilot or a good autopilot will minimize that but sometimes it goes oh, <laughs> little detours <laughs> um uh, and <laughs> that's my life okay <laughs> a lot of beautiful detours there <laughs> yeah but the the beauty of, of you stefan is that you you are always other focused and that's such a gift it's such a service and mm. um i thank you on behalf of of people that you have really helped with this yeah so just wanted to talk about thought seeing as you raised it over 90 over okay over 96 percent of our thoughts are either repetitive or unhelpful drink that in that's a hell of a lot of wasted faults and guess what we do with them? We give them all our attention. We believe every single one and we let it control who we are. So the challenge is because we have over 65,000 thoughts a day, hmm. the challenge becomes not focusing on every thought because you'll go completely crazy, <laughs> but yep. um, just even three times a day, just checking in with yourself. What's my... Hmm thinking if you don't know what you're thinking is a simple acid test is mm. how am I feeling mm. because if you're not feeling great your thoughts have been crap mm. so just just a little thought there guys mm. over 96 percent of our thoughts are either unhelpful or repetitive mm. Houston we have a problem but we also have a choice to actually we have a choice that. But we just need strategy on how we manage mm. this because yeah. it's all very well me throwing those stats at you. And I think that's what I'm proud of in the book. It's very practical steps to take so that it's mm. not just, hey, this is the fact. People then think, mm. yeah, that all sounds good, but what do I do now? Exactly. Exactly <laughs> so, right. Yeah. yeah. Brilliant. Where can people get your book? So gloriamasters.com. And it will be released on Amazon uh, by the 21st. 21st of August? Yes. Perfect. Yeah. On yeah. a few sleeps, guys. Then Yeah, you... but it's on glorymasters.com for those who are on this side of the world. Uh-huh. And it's on all versions, Stefan. So uh-huh. it's it's audio book. It's Kindle, ebook, paperback, hardback. So it's all versions. So guys, if you can't make up your mind or if you want to buy some spares <laughs> just to give away, hey, here you go. <laughs> well, no, it's just it's, people like listening because they exactly. can go for their walk or they exactly. can exactly. sort out the car or they can clean their house or do whatever. So they're mm. quite like listening. 
It's beautiful. It's yeah, absolutely beautiful. Oh, Gloria, thank you so much for being a guest on my show again. Uh, thank you for uh, your ongoing endeavor to make this world a better place. And she is a very multi-talented woman <laughs> because she has not only is she uh, a, a an author, an accomplished author now, um, she is... Well, actually, stick with the offer. Um, I might as well show a bit our new project, yes, uh, yes. which is the book Depression Light to Me. And uh, we are bringing 16 uh, wonderful female storytellers together who all describe their story with depression. And Glory, you're one of them. So in due course, we're going to do a shorter interview to to highlight this you, your journey Absolutely. with the depression and, and being an author there. So that's fantastic. And you already said that you have got a podcast out there where you focus on childhood sexual abuse and of adult survivors and where you bring on guests and explore that. So that is out there. What is the name of your show? Say it again. Handing the Shame Back. Indeed. And that's high time that we do that. And but guys, if that, indeed. And if that is all a bit too complicated for you guys, don't you worry. Look down there into the description of the YouTube show and of the podcast because all the links to her, to her uh, projects and to her podcast, to her books are down there. Guys, go out there. You can make this world a better place. And this is done by taking action. And you've already started because you've listened to that interview. You have listened to Gloria and you showed an interest and you have educated yourself. You have done an amazing thing. I want to congratulate you because we are so bad in congratulating ourselves on the little wins that we do constantly. We take them for granted, but our failures, oh, we focus on them. No, no, no. You just have a win to celebrate because you've learned so much. The 96% of shitty thoughts. Now, that really gives me something to think. <laughs> I think a lot. Stop uh, I thinking. <laughs> yeah, stop thinking. That's right. I get headaches when you do that. <laughs> Can no, I just say one thing to the, to, as, as we finish, please, to the beautiful child sexual abuse survivors out there? I see you. I stand beside you. And I believe you. Beautiful. Gloria. I sent you a huge hug. And also to all of you out there who have listened, uh, I'm, I'm proud of you guys. This is your journey and you're making a change already by listening. And that's just, come on, you can do it. However dark at the moment your situation is, there is hope and there's help out there. So look after yourself, live with passion and just hang in there. It will get better. Look after yourself. Bye. Yeah.